Y'all don't lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. That's my man Patrick Takes Jams. They reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history um, and plays them for us. That's why it's one of my favorite musically themed days of the week. You always can be a part of the show. You're the heartbeat of this thing. You hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. We're for a good time, but not a long time because we're off early. 6.15 for Texas baseball versus uh, Texas State. My man, uh, Craig Way, on the call um, and doing a great job as always. I heard Ty Harrington, and I believe Ty Harrington's going to uh, be on the call with Craig today. Yes. I uh, heard Coach Harrington on with B&E this morning. And uh, he, <laughs> Craig was, I, I, Craig almost sounded a little annoyed by it, but it was a great take by Coach Harrington that he's now observed Craig Way, working with Craig so often during the games, that he thinks they should do like a, a documentary on Craig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> him calling all like the games and calling all the different sports and all of the trials and tribulations that he faces, but still manages to get the product on the air because that's all Craig Wade thinks about and making sure that it's a quality product. Yep. That's all that matters. All the stuff behind the scenes, the stress that he goes through, you'll never know. Patrick knows about it. Uh, we know about it. I mean, he recently got in a car wreck, right? Yeah, on the way, yeah, yeah, on the way on back, the trying way, to get back. Trying to get back to call games. Like, he goes through a lot there. And yeah. think about off these been delayed uh, because the flight's been canceled or the flight's been postponed and that's going to make Craig late so he's got to go rent a car instead and drive like it, uh, these stories I'm telling you for Craig they happen monthly because yeah. he never really has a break most play-by-play you know guys gals around the country they have a break because they don't call every sport mm-hmm. he calls every sport pretty much that he can if he could Get into calling soccer and other stuff like that, he would. He just don't have the time. But most play by play people do not call football, men's and women's basketball, and baseball. Yeah. It's just I'll, too damn Remember, tough. we talked about it. I was and like, and football, high school football stuff too. And not only that, he's a multitasker <laughs> during yeah. that time yeah, because man. he's calling the game, he's looking at the other computer on the side, he's got yeah. another one on his phone where he's looking to see what's happening so he can give you. Real time information. You've observed this. It's amazing. You've observed this. It is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And the reason why Craig, I feel Craig was so annoyed because somebody brought it up to me today. I said, <laughs> you know why Craig does not want to do it? He's part of the CIA. Uh, that's always been my theory. Yeah, that exactly. He's a covert agent. Yeah, okay. he was like, I don't want people following he me. Travels, I want cameras around me telling them my business. All the time. That's up. Telling my, my business. It's been my theory ever since I worked with Craig. I was like, Craig is basically a secret agent and he doesn't like people working, knowing about his business. That's right. Uh, all right, Bob. But, yeah, Craig Way will be on the call with Coach Harrington tonight. All right, let's get into some NFL news, notes, and nuggets while we have some time here. Speaking of NFL, Hard Knock Life coming up. What you got for the people? We got our man Kyle Yeomans coming on from the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys that is going to talk, obviously, about the Dallas Cowboys, what's happening in the draft, and where he thinks the Cowboys will go with that 26th Pick. Oh, that's perfect because we can start our conversation there as well. Yep. Texas says here, I love how he remembers every back road in the state, every score from every high school game ever played. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, it's photogenic, uh, man. It is. Uh, like I said, he his, his memory, me. his memory. He's photogenic too. He's both. Yeah. He's both. Oh, that's Craig, true. Craig is a good-looking man. He's yeah. photogenic. And I think I took a picture a, with Craig photographic once. Memory. Uh, but, no, he's – I always say that it, the craziest thing that I ever watched him in terms of how great his memory is – and I, we'll, we'll get off this because I know Craig Way is probably right now seething. Yeah, he's so, going to so, text us both and be like, me. quit talking about me. Um, I used to do high school football games with Craig, um, and I've watched him like call – like do halftime 
stats and post game stat like stats and also the post game you know, recap of like uh, the touchdown and where the drive was and what you know time what in the yard game, line it yard was. Line. And I I swear I've seen him do it without using like a piece of paper with the information on it. Right. He's just going all straight up recall, like just recall in the brain type stuff. Yeah. And that to me, what that was probably the freakiest thing I've ever seen. Because I'm like, what the? What is he looking? At? Is he? What is he reading? <laughs> is there like a prompter he's reading from? Yeah. Like no, he you're was looking just, around. I was looking around. I was like, where's his paper at? I got you know, got paper everywhere. This. I got yeah. everything written down. I'm doing it off the top of his dome, and I'm like, that guy, his talent is wasted. I'm sorry. I know he's the best play-by-play play guy in the business. He should be working for our government, protecting America. Yeah, he's pretty. <laughs> he's pretty. He's pretty easy got to work human with, man. Computers. It's great. Yeah, exactly. He makes your job easy. Yeah, yeah he, he'll he make you look good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. Getting uh, enough about Craig Way. He'll be coming up for you. Need your Craig Way fix coming up at 615 with Texas Baseball and Coach Ty Harrington, who did a great job on being in. Coach Ty is doing a great job, too. I love when Coach Ty sits in, uh, talking a lot of baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, uh, you and Coach Ty break baseball down really well. It's two of the two of the best baseball minds that I've ever actually been around uh, to get that. to know. You guys do a really good job, and he does a great job, too. Okay, let's get to some NFL news notes and nuggets. First, starting talking about the Cowboys, and we'll kind of do uh, quick hitters here because I have a lot of different topics I want to hit. How about this, guys? Multiple reports now. One from your boy, uh, Harge, because you've had him on the show a couple of times. I know you guys keep in contact. Clarence Hill, yep. uh, the Fort Worth Star Telegram. Um, he actually, on a, a Twitter post about Rojo, just people talking about how great uh, Roshan Johnson is, he actually replied uh, that the Cowboys really like him. And Bobby Belt, and this was actually last month that Bobby Belt reported. I'm oh, sorry, this was actually after the Combine. Mm-hmm. Um, right after the Combine, Bobby Belt, who covers the Cowboys and also uh, does work on 105 through the fan, does a really good job. He reported that the Cowboys had a formal visit with Roshan Johnson at the Combine because they really like Roshan Johnson. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's been reporting since the Combine they've been interested. Now we got this Clarence Hill tweet that Clarence Hill said, oh, no, they like him. They really like Rojo. Well, we know they like Bijan. Bijan was working out with Micah Parsons, actually. Yes, he was. Yesterday. Yes, he was. I, I, mean, I don't know how Cowboys play that is, but working out with Micah Parsons, I mean, he's going to become the face of that damn franchise in the next couple of years or so. And I do think it's interesting that the Cowboys could end up with either Bijan early on, if it falls the right way, or if they make a move in the first round of trade up to get him, or, because he ain't going to fall to 26, I think we all know that, or in this, in this third round, you may be primed to have Rojo fall right into your lap, and that would be a hell of an acquisition mm-hmm. for the Cowboys. I love me some Rojo. Oh, man, who don't? the only one. Yeah. You sent me the story of my boy Sims. Yeah. Wood. He's got Rojo as his number three running back overall. Yes. And how about this? Matt Miller, who works for ESPN, as their draft scout, one of their draft scouts, he has Rojo as his number four running back. Now, Jim Nagy, executive director of the uh, Senior, Senior Bowl, Bowl, yeah, he loves him some Rojo. He had recently said on a podcast that, and I, here's the quote here because I wrote it down, there are some NFL teams with a round two grade on Rojo. Round two. I like it. That's Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl saying that's what he's hearing about Rojo. Yep. So Rojo behind the scenes hearts right now, man, he's rising fast. Here's a tweet that... Uh, Jim Nagy had about Rojo. He said, predictably, running back coaches around the NFL are starting to pound the table for Texas' Rashawn Johnson. Even with devaluation of running back position, sounds like Johnson could come off board on day two. Hello. Bijan's talented, low mileage, and high character backup is classic, better pro than college player. 
Absolutely, because of the low mileage. He didn't. He was underused, too. I mean, he was a person. The best part about uh, Rojo is this. This was a guy that was a quarterback. He was an all-everything quarterback. Dual threat to the highest of the dual threat. He moved to a position that he hadn't played before and made it his own. And you wouldn't know that he didn't play running back by the way that he played. You do would have you would have thought he was a running back all of his life. The way he accepted the role, the way he went about his work, the way he went in and learned how to pass block, the way he carries himself. He's on the special teams. He's a leader in the locker room. He recreated his body to be a running back and excelled at a position that he had no knowledge of. Shout out to Stan Drayton and shout out to to Shard Choice by getting him prepared to be this type of level of a running back and is on draft boards in that way. It is amazing. Uh, it is amazing. I'm with you. It's uh, it's pretty amazing considering the transition. He's only been playing the position now yes. for three years. Right. Like full time. The surface is – he hadn't <laughs> even broke through the surface yet. Yeah, and, Joy, and a lot of people have noticed this, right? You're right. Not, I mean, you talk about it, but Jordan Reed, he's another ESPN draft analyst – uh, he wrote, Rashawn Johnson, even though he was a number two running back at Texas, Johnson caught the eye of scouts, carried the ball only 93 times last season, but averaged six yards per tote. And while he lacks an A-level trait, he's very well-rounded. Johnson is a natural tackle breaker who runs with power and vision, and he has also contributed on special teams. You brought that up, Arch. Mm-hmm. Which is repeatedly brought up by scouts on what separates him from the rest of a deep running back class. The most common projection for Johnson from people in the league is third or fourth round. And honestly, he that may be low. Like I said, we Jim Nagy's talking about round two of him. And if the Cowboys like him, they may have to trade up in a later round to get him. Because um, Bobby Belt said, quote, the guy the Cowboys are interested in at Texas is Bijan's backup. Yeah. Roshan Johnson and Roshan Johnson is their prototype back. Even more so than Bijan. Hello. He said big, tough, physical runner, complete back. He came in at six foot, two hundred twenty pounds at the combine. Averaged five and a half yards per carry at Texas while splitting time with Bijan. That's a guy I think they really, really like. If you're looking at who the Cowboys could potentially take in the third round as a value person to pair with Tony Pollard, he said Kendra Miller's another player they like. He mentioned as well. He said, but those are the two names to be aware of: yep. Kendra Miller and Roshan Johnson for the Cowboys insider. So it, there, there are some stories like this. We've seen them hard. Priest Holmes. Yep. Actually, is this story because he, he was behind story. Ricky Williams, yep. went to the NFL, became a star and running back, and was great. Um, Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. remember he backed up Jalen Hurd for a while. Remember, forget, people forget about that name. Help, I remember Brandon. He Jake, left Alabama. He left Alabama. Right, he left uh, Alabama. Uh, and Brandon Jacobs, I remember he was a third running back behind Cadillac Williams and Ronnie yep. Brown at one point. So you can have depth at the running back with a position like that. But Ian Rappaport is saying that Rojo has had eight workouts or visits with teams. So teams are interested. And when you look at the numbers, it makes sense. And I've I pointed these out before, but. His 4.28 yards after contact per carry is higher than Bijan Robinson's. Right. His broken tackle rate in the last two years is not only higher than Bijan Robinson, it's the highest in college football in the last two years. He's exceptional. He's, he's elite he's at breaking tackles. So you you could get now you really could get a, a diamond in the rough, if you will. And he's not necessarily a late bloomer, because as Harsh mentioned, he was considered an elite dual threat quarterback, but I think a lot of guys in the Texas class, Harge, right now, mm-hmm. they're high upside guys. And why are they high upside guys? Because a couple of them changed positions. Right. 
mid. They were such good athletes at the at the power five college level. They changed positions and still are gonna get drafted in the middle rounds of the NFL draft at the position they changed to. Yes. And they didn't change in height from high school to college. No, no, DeMarvin Overshawn plays safety yes. here at Texas and then switch. So he's only been playing linebacker for three years, and I love what you said. How, how, how long has he been playing? Uh, willingly? Willingly. <laughs> Two years. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy at the initial <laughs> conversation. We all thought he was going to transfer. That's how mad he was. He was. He was upset yeah. about it and yeah. ends up working out for him because ideally he's going to get you know coveted in yes. the NFL as a linebacker but not as a safety. And He's, that's why he's got a high upside. He's yep. only been playing the position for three years. This is why Rojo upside is tremendous. He's, only, he's elite at, at a few areas in terms of his skill set, uh, but he's only been playing the position for three years now. No doubt. So tremendous upside. And I would say the same thing even for a guy like Moro Ojimo. I mean, I think Moro Ojimo also tremendous upside for a different reason than those other guys. His upside is because he was so young. I mean, he's 21 years old. Right, fifth year senior. That's twenty one years old. You just don't see that. You don't. And by the way, he hasn't played football that long. Remember, he enrolled at Katie at like thirteen. Yes, he was a. F- and then he came to Texas at seventeen. Came to Texas, at, yeah. He, so he's been he's basically kind of a phenom the whole time. Remember, he was born in Nigeria, moved to Cali mm-hmm. when he was eight, enrolled at Katie when he was like 12, 13 years old. So he was really smart, honestly, uh, high level IQ. But he was, yeah. I mean, talking about seventeen when he enrolled here at Texas, and is twenty one years old now after being a fifth year starter. His upside tremendous. Yes, because he just he's, he's he's still a baby, and yet he's played so much football. That's why that's why it is interesting to see. And you talked about this earlier uh, this week, Rod, or early last week when you were talking about the different players that are so high on all these draft boards from where they were a few years ago. You talked about Keandre Coburn. You talked about Moro. You talked about the fact that uh, Rojo has skyrocketed over over Sean. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the bell cow has always been Bijan, but now everybody, and I've talked about this a ton, if you have some good players on your team, you have an opportunity to shine when they come to check out that player. Oh, I've yes. always said that. A great point. I've always thought about the same with baseball, same mm-hmm. with basketball. If somebody comes into any sporting arena to watch a specific kid you have an opportunity to shine as well. You don't have to try to outshine them. Just go out there and play your game, and people are going to recognize what everybody else has already known about you. That's a great point. Honestly, uh, my I owe that, really, that type of mentality my entire career is based on that. I was I, I was a late bloomer. I didn't get my first letter uh, from a college till after my junior year, and it wasn't to some big-time college, by the way. My teammate, Jerome Sapp, who played in the NFL, got a Super Bowl ring, I mean, with the Colts. I mean, just a beast. He was an All-American. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a parade All-American as a junior. He was like a USA Today All-American as a junior safety in high school. Just a freak. Everybody would come to see him. They came to see him, and I had a breakout game one game. And Tim Brewster, yep, Brew, who's with my man Dion Sanders now, was at that Prime game. Time. And I remember Brew say, "Hey, I know they all want Sap, I want you." Yeah, he came, he came down to the locker. He was like, "They all want your boy, I want you." There it is. And he's like, "I'm coming for you." There it and is. I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah." I've been waiting for this moment. (laughs) I really was. I I had not been recruited like that. I was like, oh, man, that's kind of crazy. And then after that, everything kind of blew up. But getting to your point, they came to see Sal. Yeah. Uh, But, hey, man, I left an impression. That's what you got to do. You're supposed Um, to. Louis uh, uh, Riddick, 
Also, big Overshone fan. He wrote mm-hmm. a column earlier uh, this week about his favorite prospects and sleepers. At the top of his sleeper list, I'm not BSing, DeMarvion Overshone. Top of his sleeper list. Freak. At the top of it. Freak. And he has stated that, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, CB has sent us a tweet, but he talked about it. He tweeted it out, too, that if, you know, that he would, be, he, would, he would jump to build his roster with a guy like Duarte Overshawn, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so he likes Duarte Overshawn. We'll see what that does for his overall value. Right, let's talk about Albert Breer really quickly, and then we'll move on to some other NFL items. Those we don't hit, we can hit a little bit later on. Uh, I can hit them in Rod's round today uh, as well. But let's get to this Albert Breer report because it's a, it's a little upsetting. <laughs> it is it, for who? Well, for Texans fans, it's <laughs> there a little it is. upsetting. That's what I okay, thought. it's a little upsetting for <laughs> Texans fans out there. So, Albert Breer, he had a column today um, or yesterday. I think it's his Monday morning quarterback, actually, uh, where he talked about where he believes all the top seven picks are going to fall in the upcoming NFL draft. Here's an excerpt when he's talking about the Texans. So he says it's tough to get a real read on what the Texans are doing at number two. But I'm less convinced it'll be a quarterback than I was a month ago. If Young were to fall to them, then, yeah, I think Houston will take him. If not, it's probably murkier. The evidence I have comes down to Houston's effort to go up to number one. At one point, the Texans and Bears were closing in on a deal that had the teams flipping spots with Chicago then doing a deal with Carolina to drop from the number two pick after trading with the Texans to the number nine pick. Houston got a little uncomfortable with it in the end, and the Bears moved forward in doing their deal with the Panthers. What can we take from that? Well, Houston's willingness to go up to first tells us there's a quarterback it likes enough to take there. Otherwise, there'd be no reason to go up. But what if the Texans had only one quarterback they saw as worthy of the top two pick? And that, to the fact that the Houston GM Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans weren't traveling all over the kingdom, uh, kingdom come to quarterback pro days, and there's definitely some mystery here. So basically what he's saying is if the Texans <laughs> wanted to go up to number one, maybe they did have one quarterback in mind with that number one overall pick. And if they did, right now, they're going to be at the, the will, essentially, of, of the, you know, the number one overall pick by the Panthers and whatever the Panthers choose. They're just going to be left up to the odds and the football gods, and hopefully their quarterback falls to them. This was my fear. Because that means the Texans did try to get the number one overall pick. I don't know what happened that made them <laughs> reluctant to trade because they got plenty of trade they got capital. capital. Yeah, they got. I mean, they have two first round picks this year, two first round picks in next year's draft. So basically, all the reports are now teams are falling in love with Bryce Young. We brought up yesterday the Chris Mortensen report that he says now the Panthers are all in on Bryce Young. Um, ESPN's uh, Matt Miller. Now, this is interesting. Uh, Patrick, you have this audio. So Matt Miller, he's an ESPN draft scout, and he does a really good job for them. He, as, as recent as 48 hours ago, as I would say, matter of fact, this past <laughs> weekend, he had essentially uh, C.J. Stroud going number one overall. And I think in the last 24 to 48 hours, basically, he has decided, or he's, he's waffled on that prediction, that projection. Here is Matt Miller. He was on ESPN Radio, ESPN Draft Scout. And here is why he believes that the tea leaves are, are, are so strong right now, signaling Bryce Young number one overall, that he decided to waffle on his own report. 
where they should be leaning with who they're going to take number one in less than three weeks. Yeah, the GM there, Scott Fitterer, is an old-school scout, so he's watched a lot of film for sure. If you had talked to me Friday afternoon, I would have said C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud was all the buzz when we were in Indianapolis at the, the scouting combine. C.J. Stroud's been the buzz since the pro day. They had the owner and his wife at the Ohio State pro day, spending all this time with C.J. Stroud. But over the weekend, I started. T- you talk to more people. They're talking to more people. And I'll tell you, the, the, the forecast has started to change. And I think Alabama's Bryce Young is regaining that spot. Because remember at the end of the college football season, when all that film was, was being created, yep. all we talked about was, man, Bryce Young is that guy. You know, he's, he's the player who elevated a, a bad Alabama offense this past year. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He's poised. He's accurate. He can do all this on the move. And it, as happens, we get excited about Anthony Richardson, and we get excited about C.J. Stroud. But the closer we get to April 27th, and Roger Goodell walking across that stage, the closer we get to that time, I, I think we go back to the roots of the player. And for, for me, and I think for a lot of teams as well, Bryce Young is still the best quarterback in this draft. All right, and to add, I don't know if it's insult to injury. Oh, it's definitely that. It feels like that. Mel Kuyper, his latest mock draft. Um, Kuyper now has Bryce Young going number one overall as well. Um, matter of fact, my man Patrick pulled some audio of Mel Kuyper as well. Because yeah, might as well make it legit here. <laughs> uh, we knew this was going to happen when the Texans screwed up the number one overall pick. Uh, so here's audio of Mel Kuyper as well, of him describing why Bryce Young is now his number one overall pick in his mock draft, too. Why do you now believe it will be Young who goes one overall? Just a decision-making greenie and the fact that this past year he didn't have that elite supporting cash that he put up the numbers, he dealt with the injury, played through it, and only missed the one game. And I think people just look at him as a guy who has the it factor. He's a winner. He's got that sparkle. Uh, and, and a guy that Carolina, I think, can move forward with. They have the infrastructure there in place with the O-line, the supporting cast, all those coaches that will be around surrounding the quarterback. I think uh, Bryce Young, I think, would be the guy that at this stage of where we are in the process. And I listen to Adam and Mort. Adam and Mort have been saying it's going to be Bryce Young. So as I always say, uh, Greeny, I'm the smartest guy out there, but I have some common sense. I'd be an idiot if I didn't (laughs) listen to Mort and Adam when you're hearing Bryce Young could go number one from even your friends in the league. So it's Bryce Young for me right now. Oh, there he is. So Adam Schefter and Chris Morton, he's talking about them as well. And Daniel Jeremiah, his latest mock draft. Yes. He also has Bryce Young going number one overall. There is Todd McShay. He's the only one kind of holding out. He's got C.J. Stroud still going number one in his latest mock draft. But, guys, remember my fear was that if the Texans are falling in love with <laughs> Bryce Young, say they like both quarterbacks, but they love Bryce Young, um, you know, you, <laughs> I was always told by women, you got to fight for what you love. All right? Yep. And, I think the Texans, they tried to go up to number one. I don't know what happened in that Albert Bruce story, why they decided to uh, go in a different direction and not trade for the number one overall pick. But I think they need to revisit that. All right? If you love Bryce Young, fight for what you love, man. <laughs> fight for him. Go get him. Go that get is your him. Because right now, everybody seems like they're falling in love with Bryce Young. Do you stand outside with your boom box over yes, your head? Yes, there you go. Tell Come on, man. I love Chuck you. Chuck style. I love that. Hey. Right now, do it. You still got a few weeks. I'm telling you, you need to hype up C.J. Stroud. Start hyping <laughs> C.J. Stroud right now because you're going to try and call Carolina's bluff. 
Because oh. you're seeing if Carolina is bluffing right now, and they are tr- going all in to try and get the Texans to give them three first-round picks to move up one pick. Uh-huh. I don't know if they're bluffing. I think they're in love with them. I, I think everybody's too, falling for them. But, but they're, it's going to take three first-rounders. So you're, you're, yeah. so both first-rounders this year, this year and, and a pick next year. You're going to have to give oh. up to move up one well, spot. Yeah. And you know what? That's the price of incompetence and ineptitude. But yeah. I, here's ding, what I think. Ding, 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 ding. Tank yep. I, I, think, I think the reality is the Texans are not necessarily out on a quarterback I think the Texans view C.J. Stroud and Will Levis really close, and I think they're going to go try and trade down and take Will Levis. Now, that I don't like either. I don't like either. <laughs> but I think that I just is more looking bit. of, they Sorry. say, C.J. Stroud's on a number two pick. He's about a number five pick, and so is Will Levis. So let's trade down, and we'll go get Will Levis. Kuyper believes that because Kuyper's got him as his QB3. Yeah, and so I think that that is more of where the Texans lean, mm. is if we can't get Bryce Young, then why don't we trade down, and then we get more picks, and then we'll have the quarterback, and then we'll make him into a great player. I, I it, This all comes down to me is of the Texans trying to do, be smarter than they need to be, and they're trying to go, well, we're not going to give up all these picks to get Bryce Young, but he's, we like him, but we don't really like him. Look, we see all his faults, but we also don't like C.J. Stroud, so well, with this other guy, we can sell ourselves on. It's one of two things, and Pat, just, you just hit on them. It's either the Texans have evaluated the quarterback market and they believe there is not significant difference between basically one, two, and three. They basically have decided. Because if it was a significant difference, they'd trade up to go get number one and go down. Uh-huh. If, he's, if he's a pocket-sized Patrick Mahomes, we need him. Yeah. All right? He's our guy. So they decided not a, difference, not a lot of difference between one, two, and three. Or they're they're they're. they're a Fluster cluck of a f- franchise, <laughs> and they've they've messed it up again. That's basically. And I hope it's not the latter. I hope it's the former and not the latter. That they decided. No, it's not hey, a lot of difference between these. No QBs. matter what, start the CJ CJ Stroud hype train. <laughs> start it up because even if you need a, even if your plan is to trade back. You need to make C.J. Stroud seem like the best guy in the, the second best guy in the draft, the no. best guy in the draft, yeah. and you need to get him so I you can you. trade back. Yeah, and you need someone to fall in love with C.J. Stroud. Start up the hype train, Texans. I'm with you on that. C. Come C. on, Stroud. guys. Yeah, this right. isn't complicated. It, Start the hype train. They well, <laughs> Carolina started the hype train. The, the Texans don't. They play checkers when everybody else is playing chess. Just get a hype train, man. <laughs> Sometimes they play Connect Four. King me. They play Connect King Four. King me. Yeah, it's Connect Four. <laughs> They're playing chess, and the Texans are playing Connect Four. All right, what you got covered up all about life? We got our man Kyle. Yomas to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and some possible Longhorn news up there in Dallas. Let's see what happens, what the hype is all about. Oh, there's a lot of hype. A lot of hype. Uh, We'll get into that. Talking Cowboys on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie. 1049 The Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, don't speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Top of the Charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass that's in charge of all of our themes during the week at It's Patrick Davis. You can also be a part of the show when you hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is a man that's been on our airways before, and he is one of the top uh, play-by-play guys that is out there, and I've worked with him, and he does a great job. He is my man, Kyle Humans. You can follow him at Kyle 
underscore humans on Twitter. He's part of the Dallas Cowboys Network. He's talk, uh, You can follow him at Talking Cowboys. He's part of the Draft Show. He's doing unbelievable work. And before we get into it, Kyle, I must say congratulations to your UNT basketball team. You got a championship, and I know that you are very excited about that. Oh, of course I am. I mean, it's it's an exciting time whenever you go out and you win an NIT. And I know the the fans down in Austin had quite a had quite a basketball team and a, and a great run this year as well with with the Longhorns and going to uh, going to the Elite Eight. But for a program like North Texas to go and not only make the NIT but go and win the whole thing, I mean that was that was a fun run for us and something I'll, I'll never forget now now the longhorns are going to have to see the byproduct of it though twice a year at least because grant mccaslin took the job at texas tech and he was the head coach with north texas so uh he's he's the big 12's problem now no doubt about it <laughs> so kyle let's get right into it man the draft is coming up and you do great work when you get the draft show going you do your pre-draft stuff and you get a chance to talk about a lot of things that have happened over the years with the Dallas Cowboys and lead us all up to the present time. And one of the biggest questions for us is that number 26 pick. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of names that are being thrown out there. One of the biggest names that we have been talking about around here is B. John Robinson. If B. John Robinson drops to the number 26 pick, do the Cowboys jump all over it? I've been on record. If they do not. I may renounce my fandom. I might have to. Whoa. Really? Like, it's that serious? It's that, you that serious. That's right. I'll be Man. out of there. Here's the good news for you, Harge. I, I think it, it happens. If, if he is there at 26, I mean, I would probably fly to Kansas City, turn in the card myself if I possibly <laughs> could. B. John Robinson is one of the top skills player, if not the top skills player, in the NFL draft this year. And I have him as a top 10, nearly a top five player on my board overall. So if he's available at 26, I mean, that is the the football God shining down upon you and giving you a gift that if you pass it up on it, then I I feel like hard. You would be, uh, you would be definitely, you'd be in the right there to, to maybe try and change the fandom because I think Bijan's that good of a player. Now, does he fall to uh, to pick number 26? Probably not. I, I think he's good enough to where he could be a top 15 pick, top 10 pick. But if the, the conversation of positional values surrounding running backs comes into the fold, then I think he could slip a little bit. It just depends on how far he could slip before the Cowboys start maybe either getting on the phone or trying to hope he falls to that 26, that 26 spot. You know, Kyle, I know there's a thought among some Longhorn fans that Jerry Jones doesn't like Longhorns, doesn't draft Longhorns. Uh, But this year, I think, I know there's a lot of hype about B. John Robinson. I think some of the other Longhorn prospects actually are have a higher likelihood to end up with the Dallas Cowboys. DeMarvion Overshone, who we know uh, Dan Quinn likes because of the positionless football aspect of him and his hybridism within his skill set, uh, but also Rojo. Uh, Roshan Johnson is a guy that the Cowboys visited with after the combine. And Moro Ojimo is a guy, I think, that also Dan Quinn's defensive philosophy would align with. What are your thoughts about some of the other Longhorn prospects that potentially the Cowboys could be looking at? No, you brought up all three of the guys that I, I know the Cowboys have had interest in. I don't think there is a stigma around the Cowboys in drafting Texas players. I really don't. I, I think 
the, uh, you look at Connor Williams a couple years ago. They they went out and got him. Of course, he was a DFW product out of Coppell initially, and he, of course, started and, and played well for the Cowboys for a number of seasons uh, ever since he was drafted in the second round. But I, I, I'm looking at Roshan Johnson as kind of that late-round sleeper, as a guy that if you don't go and get B. John Robinson, I think they would be extremely happy with drafting with other positions first, maybe go take care of the defensive line, go and take care of linebacker, maybe pick up with one of these very talented wide receivers or corners to kind of add to the group that you have already. But then you wait until maybe the fourth or fifth round and Roshan Johnson stick it around. Uh, I know the scouts are very high on him. I know they've kept an eye on him since they saw him in the, uh, the, the senior bowl practices before he actually got injured and unfortunately didn't get to participate too much, but I think he's somebody that fits, like you said, what they want to do on offense, which is run the ball and run the ball a lot. As for the defensive side, I think both Ajomo and Overshone fit that mold as well. I've I've been on record of saying that I think if there was one pick to to put your chips in on the Cowboys or on ending up being a Cowboy at some point, I think it's Overshone. I think he, as a player at the second level, brings flexibility. I think you could bring him up into the uh, onto the line of scrimmage. You could rush him off the edge. You could play him against some of these big tight ends that you have to go up against every week in the NFL. Put him in coverage because he's a converted safety. I, I really do like some of these prospects and the way that they fit. I would be shocked, actually, if the Cowboys don't end up with a single Longhorn, either through the draft or possibly in the, the after the draft in the undrafted free agent market as well because – there's just so many options and, and so many good fits that I feel like it'd be hard to pass up on if the value is there. Nice. Yeah, and that's what we've been thinking too. We're talking to Kyle Humans. You can follow him at Kyle underscore Humans on Twitter. Kyle, you know, it's kind of funny that you brought that up because your last part about the tight end position, uh, about Overshawn being able to cover the tight end, there's been a lot of noise about the Cowboys taking a tight end at number 26. I'm a big fan of Jake Ferguson. I'm a a Hendershot as well, but I think Ferguson is the guy. I'm not looking at them to take a tight end at that position in the draft. What position do you think the Cowboys are going to be looking for at at the number 26 pick if that all falls into place? Man, it's it's so wide open. It really is. Because I think if you want to pigeonhole the Cowboys specifically, they need offense, right? That's the number one need. You either need a, a, a dynamic pass catcher or you need an offensive lineman to kind of be in the middle and, and protect Dak Prescott. Uh, but the value lines up much better with some of these defenders, some of these edge rushers like a Will McDonald out of Iowa State or – uh, uh, maybe even some of these corners that might slip, like a Deontay Banks from Maryland. I, I think the value fits better on the defensive side of the ball than it does offensively. The only position, Mike, that lines up with the value of where you're picking and how much impact it's going to play on your offense is probably the tight end spot, and that's why you hear so much of that noise. I mean, there's three guys that are first-round potential players. I have Dalton Kincaid. As my top guy, Utah, he's an all-round player. He's, he's a dynamic receiver. He's a better receiver right now than Jake Ferguson. And he's, he's better than and Peyton Hendershot at that as well, because I know Hendershot was probably seen as the better receiver. 
I think Kincaid's better than both of those guys in that aspect, and he's a better blocker than Hendershot. He's up there with a, a, a Jake Ferguson and what he could bring. Michael Mayer is your Jason Witten-esque type of tight end. I'm not going to compare the two in terms of their potential. I think Mayer is a great player. Uh, comparing him to Gold Jack and Witt would be just another level. But I think one thing to look with Mayer is that he's a block first tight end, and then he's a sure thing catcher. You can go and get that from a couple different spots. So that's where I agree with you. But if it's a guy like Dalton Kincaid, I think taking a guy at 26 like that could open up your offense as a whole. It could really give you some extra options. I think Kincaid would be a better fit than the last Dalton you had and Dalton Schultz. I think he could be a better fit to this offense, and I think he would make it a little bit more dynamic than Schultz did. And I think if that's the case, it's going to help Dak Prescott out, and ultimately that's what you want to do with that 26 overall pick. Hey, Kyle, let me ask you about the Cowboys offseason because they've done some things straight up that have just seemed uncharacteristic of them lately. Yeah. Uh, they got into the trade market, which is something the, the most homegrown team in the NFL hasn't really done. It's paid, I think, paid off huge for them so far this offseason with the uh, move to get Stephon Gilmore and also to get Brandon Cooks. Uh, they also invested in safety. This is a team that notoriously they don't put a ton of money or draft capital or salary cap capital in safety, and we see them doing that too. Uh, what's going on with the Cowboys this offseason? I mean, is this the George Costanza, the opposite going on with Jerry Jones <laughs> in the front office? What's happening? What's, what's spur- what, what, to you, in your opinion, is starting this change in philosophy for the Cowboys this offseason? Well, I think what they're doing is, is not necessarily a change in philosophy. I think it's a change in the success of applying that philosophy because Stephen Jones has been on record in the past of saying we've attempted to make trades like this to where you only allow a fifth-round pick to fly away and you bring in a, a starter at corner and a starter at wide receiver like they did with Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks. But in the past, teams aren't necessarily receptive to that. Well, this year – they were able to find two trade partners that were willing in the Colts and the Texans to part way part ways with those starters for relatively little payment in return. So you end up spending minimal draft capital. You don't fold your entire weekend of the NFL draft by trying to trade for a couple of guys. Uh, and you leave the door open to continue to, to improve your roster because now you're in a spot when draft weekend comes around that you could take best player available. So, yeah, it's been a breath of fresh air for Cowboys fans for the most part because, yes, you, you go out and you get two guys that are not only veterans but are, but are very capable on the field and they fit in much better with the Cowboys than I think they even did in their past teams. I mean, look at Stephon Gilmore, for example, is a guy that was cornerback one in any room that he's ever been in. Now as a savvy veteran, he can step in and guard the second-best guy that an opponent is going to throw at him. He can be that cornerback too. And Stefan Gilmore can help Trayvon Diggs continue to elevate his game. Same thing with Brandon cooks. He doesn't have to be wide receiver one. He can slot in behind a CD lamb. And then it's just an extra weapon. Plus it allows Michael Gallup to go from being a, a lackluster number two wide receiver to being a solid, if not above average or even good uh, wide receiver three. So it, it opens up the possibilities of your roster, not only from what you already have, but what you're going to add come draft weekend. And it gives you so many different options. So that way, if a B. John Robinson falls to 26, you don't have to go and get a corner or you don't have to go and get a wide receiver because you've already done that earlier in the offseason. 
So, Kyle, if you were about to walk into Jerry Jones's office, which I'm sure you've already done that before, uh, I want <laughs> you, I want you to present the the case for your favorite player, Kincaid, and why they need to uh, take him at the tight end position. Okay, let, let me get it right here. Kincaid is not my favorite player. Okay, I just said okay. he's probably the the most popular value let's just say if you're talking straight value right now at 26 i think that's it my favorite player that's a realistic shot is Bijan. because I, I still think there's a shot nice. even as good as Bijan robinson is i still think because of the position that he plays and the stigma that's around running back i think the fact that he he could fall is still on the table here's here's my here's my pitch for Bijan though i think there's a possibility that if he falls out of the top 15, right? So he falls out of the top 15. I think they go and try and get him. I think they try and trade up and go and make a move to get up to pick number 16, 17, 18, right around that range. So that way there's a couple of teams, maybe in the early 20s, uh, maybe the late teens that could possibly pick Bijan. They jump all of those guys by all of those teams by packaging a couple picks together, going up and making sure they get their guy. I'm not, I would not be shocked if that's on the table come draft weekend. If you start to see Bijan slip and he's somehow out of the top 15, I bet you they get on the phone and they go get him because he's that special of a player. That's my pitch is that he adds an element to your offense that it hasn't had over these last couple of years. And it can elevate, the, the tight end group. It can elevate the wide receiver group. It can elevate your quarterback, which is, of course, the most important part. B. John Robinson is a weapon that the Cowboys have not had at any point. You pair that to the weapons they already have, and it makes things so much more fun. Man, you made me oh, smile so yeah. big. I think a lot I, of people smile. Yeah, I think I, I think I showed all 32 teeth just now, brother. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that we got that out there, man. Uh, tell everybody where to follow you and where they can follow you for your draft analysis with your crew with the draft show. Yeah, so Kyle Yeomans on Twitter, K-Y-L-E underscore Y-O-U-M-A-N-S. And then we are on the draft show, DallasCowboys.com. I've got an article coming out tomorrow that's a positional fit for every single position for the Cowboys out of the NFL draft, and I'll do that for the offensive side and the defensive side. And then when draft weekend gets gets here, you can tune in to us on the Dallas Cowboys radio network or online at DallasCowboys.com. We go pick by pick, wall to wall. We do not miss a single pick. We are there nice. for the entirety of the NFL draft, and I'm hosting all of that coverage. So it should be a great weekend, as it always is. And let's go find some talent, right? Let's go get a couple players that the Cowboys could put a star on the side of their helmet and be proud of over these next couple years. I love right. it. I love it. Got I me love hype, it. Kyle. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and after and, and after the draft, you're getting married, if I'm not mistaken, Whoa. right? The weekend after, and That's that right. is not a that was all on purpose. That was definitely. <laughs> an, he was like, get me away from all of this so uh, I can get and relax with my beautiful wife. <laughs> Give her my best and yeah, uh, best of luck to you guys congrats, as well, brother. man. Congrats. Thanks, guys, so much for having me. Thanks for all the, the well wishes, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. I can't for wait sure. either. I like that information that he wow. gave us about a Bijan. Hey. Go on up and get him.
You know what? Go on honestly, up and get him. He got, he, I love, honestly, even what I love more than his Bijan take, which it was fantastic, was the take about he believes that there's going to be a Longhorn from this class on the Cowboys roster or the drafted or undrafted. Right. And I, 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 I said that. I said, You've been man, saying it from the they, beginning. It makes, all of these Longhorns make sense. For the Cowboys yep. in some way, form, or fashion. They all do all the ones who are uh, legit prospects. So uh, good stuff there from Kyle. Uh, once again, my man Harge opening up the uh, the contact list. We got uh, it. For all of the uh, the, the folks that he knows. He knows every damn body. <laughs> all right, we come back. We got off the record on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. One to four down the horn. D.D. Mega Doodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they break the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the big east. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104 Down the Horn. Okay, we don't, I don't get to watch Jeopardy. You guys don't either because you're doing the show. Maybe you DVR Jeopardy. Are you streaming <laughs> online? I can't believe that D, I was talking to these guys in the break, and I said something about DVRing a television program, <laughs> and I realized how dated it sounded. Like I sounded like an old man because DVR now is a dated term. It is. Because everybody streams everything. I still have DVR, but I guess most Me people, too. people are like, yeah. yeah, they don't utilize it. That's I, I have it now, but I have like a streaming TV service, so I can just click on the thing and it, it records oh, it. Automatically. But, especially because I'm doing sports stuff. Sports doesn't stream. Like you, it's not like you can just always watch a game later. That's yeah. not always out there as much. TV shows, yes. Yeah, that's why I, I DVR a lot of sports things and I watch them like delayed because I don't like to watch sports real time because I don't like the commercials and I was like I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, I sound like an old man. But anyway, it's if, okay. if you were a fan of Jeopardy, you'd have to DVR it. I would say, or I guess you could go stream it if you want to. Um, so I don't watch Jeopardy, but I like Jeopardy actually. I bet Craig Way would be great at Jeopardy. Man, he would. Oh my goodness, he'd, he'd, he'd be, be the champ. He'd be he'd be really good at Jeopardy. It'll be boring for him because he knows all the answers. <laughs> it probably would be <laughs> uh, Jeopardy champ Brian Hennigar. Um, apparently, um, he well, and he's a Jeopardy champ. He won twenty three thousand dollars on Jeopardy. But after his Jeopardy appearance, he was bombarded with a ton of tweets about his appearance, and apparently, a lot of people on Twitter thought that his appearance on the game show that basically he looked like he was sporting the Hitler stash. <laughs> I'm not making that This is true. He he responded saying... You mean I'm, Michael Jordan? Yes. Yeah, that kind of thing. He said, I'm, a, I'm seeing what a bunch of jerks on Twitter are doing because they all they can focus on is my looks. So I'm going to be leaving Twitter for a while. And then he came back to Twitter um, and he said he came back because he got some positive responses. He also decided to use some of that negative publicity for some good and said he was going to donate money and some of his Jeopardy winnings to the Anti-Defamation League. Um, and in the end, he said he was going to just shave his, mu- his mustache. <laughs> he decided the mustache no longer has a place in his life. He first vowed to shave the facial hair but settled for growing a goatee instead. Because the Hitler stash, or at least the stash that he had, which some people thought too closely resembled the Hitler stash, has no place in society. I've told you guys this before. There's a reason. Michael Jordan was the last one to do it. 
He's the most beloved athlete in the history of mankind. Why? Because there was no negative backlash for him running a Hitler stash on a commercial. Yeah. On a Haynes commercial. On a Haynes commercial. But everybody was curious, too. Now, why did you cut your mustache like that? Have, have you seen the picture of the guy? It doesn't look like a Hitler stash I don't to think, me. I don't think the Hitler stash is what it looks like. What does it look I like? I think he just looks like Hitler. Oh. <laughs> I think I think this dude is this dude is a couple inches of mustache away from looking just so, like Hitler. Oh, so you're saying it's not that the Hitler, but he does have a it's a mustache, but it's not it's not no because it's 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 corner to corner out there. more. But no, you're it, saying they just think he looks like Hitler. Yeah, I think the hairdo. He's got the hair part over. And then he's just kind of got but the face. But he does say the Hitler stash is a big part of it. That's why he's growing the goatee and he's not shaving the mustache. Yeah, you got to change the hair too. Yeah. He did say that. He said he's basically going to change his whole personal style so he doesn't look I mean, look I don't think you need to do any of it. You don't look that much like Hitler. I don't think he looks that much like but Hitler. But this is what happens oh, when you, it's when the you put a cut. It's but, the cut the way he has it leaning to the side. The mustache looks like a regular mustache to me. But that's what he got. Yeah, called. I think if he didn't have a mustache at all, though, it, it may not. If it, uh, the resemblance sure. may not be there. You can just picture it now. It's not a yeah. porn stash. It's like a. It's a cross between kind of a porn stash and a Hitler stash. So he probably needs to go full on porn stash if he's going to go that route. Oh, and if you look at a picture of him not smiling, it's so much worse. The, does he actually look like Hitler to you? The one uh, where enough that if he's not smiling, you're like he. It, <laughs> But he looks like a cross between. And it's at the angle. I look like I love that you can't. Hitler was such a disgusting, horrible person. You can't even look like you Hitler. Can't even, you you can't look even like accidentally this look guy, like it. This guy's growing a goatee because they said he looked too much like Hitler. Oh I mean, God. it's not enough. He looks like he looks like a fatter, older Hitler. <laughs> so you can't even look like a fatter, older Hitler. No, you. I mean, I would if if no one mentioned it, I would never have picked it up. Okay. Let's put it that way. If no one had I, told me, I, don't like, I would walk around and be like, who does he look like? You're yeah. right. I wouldn't have done that. I agree. But now you said it. I guess he does kind of look like Hitler. But, yeah, that's just crazy. Either way, it's pretty wild that this guy got called out. And he actually is going to grow a goatee as a result. Now, he does not want to look the same anymore as a result of the backlash. <laughs> yeah. Crazy story. Wild story. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, enough talk about Hitler and Hitler stashes. Don't grow a Hitler stash. And, and by the way. Be you, ready for the backlash if, if you, you do. If you do, you deserve the backlash because everybody knows what a Hitler stash is. You know is what I'm going to go with? He looks like if Hitler was a big Tennessee Volunteers fan. Oh, he does have the colors right there. He has there. the colors. Yeah. He's got the face of a Tennessee Volunteers fan. Oh, you just called out the Volunteers fan. You say Hitler would be a Volunteers no, fan? No, I'm saying Hitler was. was. I'm saying Hitler was a Tennessee Volunteers fan. Oh, okay. Oh, my that God. That is what he would look like. That's what he would look like. Yeah. He probably wouldn't be a fan of college football. We know why. No. All right, we'll come back right here. Uh, get into uh, Steve Sarkeesian's media availability today. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, Wonderful Nine the Horn.